Hi, I'm Heather Bruschetti at the Business Council of New York State. I'm the president and CEO, and now I am the host of this podcast called Connect, the Business Council podcast. The Connect podcast aims to bring you the most interesting interviews with business leaders and newsmakers from around the state. And now here's the host of Connect, Heather Bruschetti. Hello and welcome to another edition of Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bruschetti, um, President and CEO of the Business Council of New York. Um, this episode, we are talking to Jeremy Wallatis of the Restaurant Group. Jeremy is a, a friend of mine, a very good friend. We went to high school together, but he also happens to own five restaurants from New York City to Washington, D.C. to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and also is a survivor of the 2015 Amtrak train derailment. Um, so there's a lot of things for us to talk about. Jeremy, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, you've been through uh, quite a time, I would imagine, in the last uh, 10 to 12 months. So let's start right off with your business. Um, can you describe your, your restaurants, where they are, and um, uh, how you reacted uh, in um, when the pandemic, when the first closure happened and, and what it's been like since then. Great, thank you so much, Heather. Yes, <clears throat> I love the fact that we've grew up together and uh, had the opportunity to stay in touch. And I thank you for all you do for New York State and, and all the small businesses and particularly restaurants. It's amazing and we really need your organization and you. So thank you. My group is called the Restaurant Group. And we do have, we have 11 restaurants combined between New York, DC and Carolina. Uh, and we have three on the Upper West Side of New York. And the interesting thing about the three, through the pandemic, we have now changed uh, our world in so many ways so that we have one restaurant has a virtual kitchen, another restaurant has two virtual kitchens, and one restaurant has uh, to uh, the, the other one also has two virtual kitchens in there. So we're doing everything in our power to keep people alive and working because that's what it's all about. We go to work and we lose money every single day, but so do the people that are working there. They're working less hours, but we try to give them enough to be able to feed their family. And so I'm going to interrupt for a second. What's a virtual kitchen? Can you explain that? Sure. A virtual kitchen is also called a ghost kitchen, although a ghost kitchen, there's a little bit of a different definition. A ghost kitchen is where there are no physical restaurants that serve the public in a, in a space. A virtual is an additional restaurant to a physical brick and mortar restaurant. So we have basically three restaurants operating out of two different stores and uh, two out of another. So we basically have uh, seven, depending on the day, seven to eight restaurants, quote unquote, running. Now, they don't generate a lot of sales. They generate a little bit, but every little bit helps because we're only in New York City, we're only doing takeout and delivery at the moment and the outdoor structures, which are great on a day today, like it's 45 degrees and there's a little bit of sun in New York and not that windy. We'll do some business in our tents and structures, but on a uh, next week, it's supposed to be in the 30s for a high, it's gonna be really hard to get anybody eating in the restaurants. So it, it's all takeout and delivery. Anyway about it, we're doing so small business compared to what we normally do. And we need about 90% of sales to break even to pay our bills is typically what a restaurant 
small restaurant needs to do to survive. And, and many people will say it takes a lot more than 90% to pay the bills. We have two so restaurants. Good. I'm sorry, I was going to say, do you have like a typical customer? Is it someone who lives um, in, in New York City or is it tourists um, or a, a mix? Great question. In, in New York, it's a actually New York and DC, it's really a mix. North Carolina, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's pretty much, you know, local Charlotteans, uh, you know, and a lot of people who grew up in upstate New York who have transplanted themselves to uh, North Carolina, eat our pizza and wings. In North Carolina, we have a concept called Fuel Pizza, uh, which is all about New York City pizza and uh, upstate New York wings. And we have uh, five, we have four of those. We have a little thing called Zen Taco, which is kind of uh, taco, uh, tacos and bowls meet Latin Asian all combined together. And it's in a walkway mall. It is the only restaurant that we are operating that has been primarily closed through the pandemic. We've had to close restaurants. One got, uh, got beat up and broken into by one of the uh, uh, rallies, protests in DC but we were closed for a month or so and we opened as fast as we could. My goal has been to keep our restaurants open for the team that works there. Uh, and that's the goal that I promised everybody we would do through COVID, keep as many people working. And so that's, you know, we lose money at all our restaurants on a consistent daily basis. And that's where we're at. So, but I mean, obviously you're hoping that after the vaccines that will turn around. Um, I'm guessing, right? I mean, have you seen any any increase in activity over the, the stretch of time? I mean, it, initially it had to have been just devastating. It was devastating. Got a little bit better when the weather got better in the takeout where people were walking around grabbing food and drink, which they were allowed to grab from takeout uh, and delivery standpoint. So it got a little bit better. Then we started doing uh, dining uh, uh, outside um, we were allowed to do more, in, you know, sidewalk and, and the structures and got better because of the warm weather. And then obviously it slowed down right after Thanksgiving. And I watched the weather. I all in the restaurant business, you're always a weather uh, person. But now it's like you watch it with bated breath every moment. You look 14 days out and you look and you look for when's it going to have a good day? When's it going to rain? When, um, <clears throat> and we knew watching the weather, I knew Thanksgiving that point on was going to die right down because the weather and we had just been closed indoors in New York City. Now, Charlotte, we're 50% capacity in Charlotte. Um, you know, we have, we're in the pizza and wing business, so it tends to be a little bit better. We're doing better sales in North Carolina in some of our locations, some are downtown. We keep them open to do really small pittance of business, but we, we were able to keep some people working. So that's why they're open in Charlotte. As far as uh, DC, we keep the stores open in very small volume, but, you know, like we're 30% for the entire year, um, including January and February, uh, where we were, you know, 100%. So it, it, it's really, the goal is to keep people working and stay alive long enough to weather the storm and hope that our landlords will work with us and everybody else will work with us. Um, and some of the landlords have been outstanding saying, we understand what you're dealing with. We know we're all in this together and we're all feeling it. We'll work with you and we've got plans in place. 
And other landlords are like, no, we're throwing you out the minute it's over. You know, the minute we can, because you're not paying us the full rent. And I'm, I'm like, where do you think it's going to come from? How do you think we're going to be able to do such a thing? So Yeah, so there's sort of a snowball effect, right? Um, it hits your workers, it, it hits um, your ability to, to pay your rent. Um, and then on top of that, um, there's been unrest, right? So we were talking about this before we started. Um, you were supposed to be in DC today. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what's going on there and, and why you didn't go? <laughs> Obviously, DC has been kind of the place that's had the most ups and downs and sideways and, and you know, changes throughout the uh, entire pandemic for many reasons. <clears throat> and with the insurrection that occurred at the Capitol, we're in lockdown. And one of our restaurants, we couldn't even open yesterday. We've been closed early. Um, we cut our delivery partners, the Grubhubs and Seamlesses of the world, uh, couldn't even get to our doors to pick up delivery. So we made all this food that had to get basically thrown away. Uh, it's just complete, utter chaos. Uh, so in one of our stores right by the White House, we're one of the few restaurants, one of the only restaurants to be open right now. And I'm open for my team uh, and they're working. And when they get sent home, it's you know terrible because these people have to get on Metro transportation to come into downtown DC and work. And then they expect and hope to work a full shift. And then we get told, and for good reason, I, I you know, I'm certainly not part of Homeland Security and I don't understand it, but I do know that they have to make these changes after what occurred. And, you know, and I think they're doing the best they can now. So are you concerned about, you know, the, um, the threat of continued unrest in Washington and what that might mean for your stores? Sure. Inauguration week is what they call it in DC tends to be the best week of the uh, of every four years for most restaurants. Most of them are closed. We're gonna keep them, keep ours open if, if we can, but you know, there are security risks. And I've told my team if they feel the slightest bit uh, concerned or don't wanna come to work, they don't have to work. And if they are uh, wanna come to work, we have a job and we're gonna keep it open. And if they feel at any point in time, uh, there's an issue, obviously there's tons of uh, police and. Uh, other military around all our stores and everywhere. So they know we're feeding a lot of them. We're bringing out a pizza or wings here and there to make sure that we're all friends and know that we support their uh, well-being. So, and I told my guys, lock the door at any moment you need to lock the door. If you don't feel safe and secure, call it a day. It's, we're, we're doing this to keep it open, to keep people working. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like the governmental response, um, that the stimulus, the PPP, the EIDL, has that helped you at all um, get through some of this? Um, Tremendously. Good. Tremendously. Without it, I would guess there'd be 10% of the restaurants open uh, in this country, 20% maybe. I think it's the one saving grace that we all have right now. Uh, and it's kept me the ability to keep my restaurants working. That we, early on, we did a GoFundMe in New York and DC and North Carolina for, we made some money that we passed out straight directly to all the uh, uh, team members. It wasn't a lot, but it was, uh, you know, we raised a sizable amount, but when you have to feed uh, 11 restaurants with it, 
you know, everybody got something. And, you know, my people, I'm lucky. I've been doing, I've, been, I've had restaurants for over 30 years and I have people that have been working with me for almost 30 years uh, and a bunch of them. And I need to take care of them. Without them, I wouldn't have a business. And I have to say the PPP and the IDL, uh, the EIDL has, has been what's kept us alive and kept us able to keep the doors open through this whole thing. And I know every other business person I talk to, small restaurateur or small business, says the exact same thing. So I thank the government for their response and I appreciate what they're doing. And I know, Heather, you fought the battle and we really appreciate what your organization has done to help keep small businesses in New York State alive. Well, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm sure you heard that um, a group of restaurants in Western New York have sued the state um, over the zone closures, um, basically the end-to-end -end door dining in orange zones. And actually yesterday there was a, a decision that was favorable to them. Um, so temporarily, at least now, I think some of those restaurants um, may be able to open. Um, what do you think about um, sort of the state uh, I don't know how the, how the state has responded and the closures and the mask mandate and, and all of that. So the way I feel about it is, you know, I, I understand how hard it is a job for these politicians to make decisions. <clears throat> Love Governor Cuomo when he was the leader, when he was the, to me the only leader in, we had in the country when he was getting on doing his show. And I think he really helped the country. I have questions about some of his decisions, but it's hard to make the right decision. I don't think the restaurants should have been closed down in New York City when we when we were showing a 1.4% infection rate from restaurants and 75% from home gatherings. So when he opened up the Buffalo Bills Stadium, I was interviewed on the uh, for the Wall Street Journal, and I said, "Yeah, I think the stadium should be open and be careful and be smart about it." And I think then. The New York City restaurants and anywhere else, there's an orange zone, zone should be open under the same circumstances, very carefully, you know, smart preparation and, and let's do this. We need to keep people working. We need to keep the economy rolling. The federal government's uh, financially in trouble as are the state and local governments. And, you know, and more importantly, the people who, who work the hardest, you know, the people who work in small businesses and small restaurants need to be able to survive and afford their family food and beverage and, and a roof on their uh, over their head. Have you have you had problems with customers um, refusing to wear masks um, in New York? You know, New York has been uh, a pretty good way of life um, as far as that's concerned. I, I, we really have had almost no experiences. People will once in a while walk in the restaurant to use the bathroom while we're closed and they'll not have their mask on. We'll say, you got to get, put your mask on before you leave the outside structure to come in. And they'll go, oh my God, I'm sorry, I forgot. Excuse me. You know, um, New York has been pretty good. I have to say where our restaurants are, we've had almost, I can't think of one real issue. And even when I go to other places or stores, everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> DC, and Charlotte, in Charlotte, we do have people from time to time who, you know, give us a little, you know, kind of complain about it or say something to that nature, but mostly they comply unwilling and not willingly, but 
not happy in some cases. DC, tip, whenever we've had the, the rallies that support the president, uh, um, it's been a disaster for my team and for uh, other restaurants and other places. People are coming in without their masks and saying, call the police, do whatever you wanna do. And I'm not leaving and I'm gonna use your bathroom I'm going to buy food from you, you know, basically tell you, tell us how they're going to do things. And I have to say, I'm an Amtrak rider, <clears throat> similar to uh, the president, and I want to say the president, uh, uh, to be Joe Biden. And, uh, uh, and I ride it almost every week, and I've befriended lots of the different, uh, uh, or I've, I have rode it lots of weeks over the years. And, uh, and I've met in, uh, a lot of the conductors. And I will say the conductors are really tend to be pretty nice people in general, uh, good people. We're, uh, one of them let me know recently, uh, I was talking to them about how safe it was about me coming down. Uh, I'm supposed to be in DC today actually, but with what's going on, I couldn't go because the, everything, lots of different things have changed. And I was talking to them about whether I should ride Amtrak. And they told me the story that the other day, they got a memo that, that forced them to allow people to ride Amtrak, to leave them alone if they weren't wearing masks. Completely out of the blue. Uh, you know, for one day, we're gonna suspend the mask uh, policy on Amtrak. I don't understand how that could be legal or moral with what's going on with uh, more people dying than die in 9-11, more people dying every day than they did from nine, than we had all the people who died in 9-11. It just doesn't seem smart or reasonable to force yeah, that, to work. That seems like uh, counterintuitive at a time when the numbers are really spiking. So you mentioned, and you brought it up, that you ride Amtrak a lot, and you were on the train in 2015 that I said derailed, but actually it crashed, right? It, 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 can you can you talk about that for a minute? I mean, I, I sure. vividly remember I found out about it because I was on the train to New York City. I'm reading the New York Post, and there's an interview with you um after the, the crash which was the day before so so why don't you talk about that for a second <clears throat> pretty crazy i was on the train as i always am and sitting there about ready to eat and i took a walk uh we had just left um i think we had just left philadelphia and i do my i'm a walker i like to walk the whole cars to keep myself uh going sitting in this chair right now talking is a uh, uh, difficult to stay seated so long so i got up and walked uh, a lap all the way up and all the way back. I actually looked in the front car, there was this couple, I remember, and they were like laid out, like almost sleeping on each other with smiles on their faces. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, they seemed so happy and and uh, walked back, sat down. It's about ready to pull out my food and uh, eat my slice of fuel pizza and uh, whatnot. And all of a sudden the train started uh, like, shaking you hear brakes screeching and and you know and i knew the we giant bump and then another bigger bump and you hear screeching screaming everything like nails on a chalkboard i was just chaos all of a sudden i've just talked myself down because i knew something bad was happening kind of like to get as low as possible and i see bags shoes everything flying people I look like these people are flying over my head and end up in, in the luggage racks above my head. And I look, and I could see, uh, um, you know, just chaos going on. 
And all of a sudden, what seemed like 10 minutes, which was all of probably 15 seconds, the train comes to a screeching halt. And, and I'm like, oh my God. And I hear metal, you know, I heard metal ripping and everything else. And I'm, and I'm all against one side and I'm just feeling my body to see if like I'm alive and if there's any holes, punctures in my body or anything, because uh, it, it, it was tumultuous. It was the craziest uh, uh, 15, 30 seconds of my life. And I look over and I could see the train. Our train is tilted almost uh, over and it's kind of like on its last limb. And I look out the window and I could see other trains basically flipped on their side and, and turn uh, uh, diagonal and, and everything else. And we get up and we start trying to see, is everybody okay? And we're helping people out of the luggage racks. And, uh, and you know we don't even know how to get out. And we're about to go out the window. And we start, and finally, after you know, somebody come, somebody says, "Everybody stay calm. Don't let anybody move." Blah 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 blah. And then we start um, going to uh, you know gather, and they're going to let us off, which was a while. And they let us off, and we run around to all the cars to see where we can go help other people. And finally, finally, after like an hour or so, they come and they tell us, "Okay." here and they walk us out to this area uh, where we're all gathering, you know, and then a body comes by on a stretcher and, you know, we're all out in this community, what is uh, a very poor area uh, outside of Philadelphia. And the people were the most wonderful people in this neighborhood. They come out of their small little houses and offering us water and, and just being the kindest people. And we're all gathered there for uh, a couple hours and they finally bus us to this school, this kind of waiting area. And since we were in the last car, we were the first ones and we were the first ones to be bussed. And so when we got to this school and they question us and check us out and send us on our way, um, uh, then I uh, somehow was like the, one of the first people to be interviewed. And Chris Cuomo, who uh, had as an investor in one of my restaurants and whatnot, saw that I was on TV and he's like, Jeremy, I'm on my way there. And I'm like, oh, I'm on, I'm in an Uber on the way back to New York. He's like, can you turn around? I'm with two other people. And they were like, no way, we're going. So he's like, all right, be in my chair the next morning um, at six o'clock. I'm like, it's like two o'clock now. He's like, be in my chair. And I said, okay. So I, I'd, uh, I was in his chair. And so I was on 50, probably interviewed 15, TV stations that day. I was going from one appointment to the other appointment. Uh, uh, and I was a quote of the day the next day on the New York Times and everything else. It was, and I got on a train literally the next day, like a, a subway. Uh, and the funny part is I got on the train and it stopped, which happens, but I'm on an, on a subway 10 times a day. And, and this stopped and it stopped at a funny angle. And I'm like, but five, 10 minutes later, we rolled. And I'm glad I did because I, to this day, I still have some, you know, every now and then I'll think back when I'm on the Amtrak, you know, could it, you know, I mean, every ride now on the Amtrak, I, I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still doing it. So, so that's still good. Doing. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Well, I, I, first off, um, congratulations to you. And it's, it's just great that you've managed to try and keep things going through all of this. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine having 
essentially it sounds like 11 small businesses and trying to keep them all afloat through throughout this pandemic but um it's great what you're doing for your employees and and i think it's going to be important afterwards for the just the texture of the neighborhoods and um, you know making sure that people in north carolina actually do have access to good upstate wings because i growing up in syracuse we both know what good upstate wings are and, and a lot of people are, are sort of misguided um, here. So we need to keep them on the path, right? Um, any, any last comments or things that you wanna say before we close? I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I know you're a really busy guy and um, just keep going. You know, I, I thank you. Like I said many times, I thank you for all you do. You and your organization are great. I, I thank the federal, state and local government for trying to do what they can. Um, I you know, don't always agree with a lot of the different things, but I, I know it's really hard. And the monies that come down from the different government agencies really do keep the small businesses alive, which I think are, I think there'd be a lot more problems than we can even imagine if we didn't keep these small businesses alive. And, and you know, so, and I think we got to keep them rolling and I hope the new administration uh, is dedicated to finding a way because as much as I'd like to think this is gonna be over in the next two or three months, from what I'm understanding, the way the vaccination uh, rollout is working, it's gonna be more, more difficult than we thought it was gonna be. So I appreciate everybody doing what we can. Let's keep the small businesses and all the people that work there, which are the greatest people in the world uh, alive and working. Yeah, and, and to people who are listening, stop cooking at home. You can't make anything as good as, as they can. So um, do take out, do, do, do whatever you can to support your local restaurants. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you very much.